Good evening and welcome to a new edition and new season of Rugby Deconstructed. Just in time for Super Rugby Unchained and the Curry Cup to kick off. Joining me this evening, I have Richard here in Pretoria. How's it, Andre? Hey, good, good. And Angus down in Stellenbosch region. How things there, my friend? Hey, Andre. Good, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers, gents. Thank you very much for joining us on the second season of uh, Rugby Deconstructed. And we're going to dive straight into the two topics we want to discuss this evening. The first being the green and gold from this past weekend. And uh, did we achieve what we wanted to from the game? And as fans of the game, did we, do we think that Rassi and Jacques ticked all the boxes? And then we're going to look ahead at the Super Rugby and Unchained and what it has, um, and what we expect from it, and how we ex- uh, how we think it should go forward. Richard, your views on the the past weekend? Yeah, I, I think firstly, mostly fans were expecting a, an open trial based game, and um, you you could see within the first twenty minutes that this is not just a normal um, schoolyard. How can we say piss up and uh, a, a trial game is what we expected. Um, players were following more set of, uh, of of playing test, playing a test match style of uh, game. Um, my feeling 20 minutes in is that I got the impression that um, both sets of coaches told the players, "You go, you have to approach this as a test match, um, not so much as a trial, but as a as a test match. Uh, we we go for points um, when it's on offer, treated as a test match as such." And I think that's where. Fans um, might have um, it might have actually not been what fans expected. I mean, most fans thought of it more being a Springbok trial where we're going to get a um, one point, one team putting forty points up and the other team putting thirty-five points up, which is not what we expected. Um, I mean, in terms of the game itself, it was a bit scrappy. Um, it's it's expected. I mean. F- if you think about it, the guys have only had one real game uh, back the, the last week the Superfans had today. So it, it was a scrappy affair, yes, but that would have been expected go, um, after such a long break and having played no rugby whatsoever. Um, I mean, if you think about it, the first warm-up games of a, of a Super Rugby season has got the same type of patterns usually. So I don't think we really need to be concerned about the scrappiness of it. I think... The coaches wanted um, wanted to test a few things, and they, according to them, they got what they uh, they achieved what they wanted to out of the game. So, I think no harm, no foul. Yeah. And yourself, Angus, how did you approach the game? Uh, and then, from what transpired in the game, how how were you satisfied? Well, Richard took the words out of my mouth, actually, and I think the same thing I was going to say as well is that I think. We watch the North South game and watch the Super Rugby Aotearoa, and we expected, you know, a free-flowing game, and many other fans did as well. But going into this match, the point of trials obviously was to not for the cap players, but for the uncapped guys, to tell them, listen, this is how we do things in the Springbok setup. So we're going to go for points. It's going to be scrappy, obviously, more for domination than anything else, and um, it's going to be a tough grinding assessment basically and you're going to come up against this in the real world in the test rugby arena obviously so yeah it wasn't the best game to watch i think there was about 16 or 17 ending errors in total 
So um, obviously the guys are with Rusty, but like Richard said, the guys haven't played in a while. And um, if you think back to many will probably argue now, saying that, yeah, but what about the um, Super Rugby AU and Aotearoa guys? Well, the lockdown wasn't that long as ours. I mean, our guys have been training at home and only got, a, I think, a last month or two. They've been on the groups of five and then they started, you know, expanding training groups as well. So they haven't actually had much practice. Some guys had one warm-up game, some guys had two, some even had none. So all in all, like you said, we don't have to worry that much, to be honest. It's going to be a little preseason for us. That's going to be, have to be shaken off. But overall, I think the coaches achieved what they wanted to. Um, and I think they got the results and a few gems as well that have been under yeah. in that match. I think you, you, touched, um, you touched on an uh, important point there, that um, Arturo was practically finished by the time our guys started practicing and then they were only allowed to practice in groups of five. You know, and then uh, as soon as the, with the lockdown, with the restrictions being lifted, the practices and the approval to increase the, the people who could practice, that they finally could get to uh, come together. I, I approached the game from, I'd, I wasn't worried about how the game was going to be played and who was going to do what in the sense of the Springbok players. Um, we, you know, if I know Rassi moving forward, he's going to keep 99% of, of, of his Springbok squad that he had at the World Cup. And if you take away the people who've retired, he's looking for players now who can fill, their, fill those spots. So I was looking at uh, specific, specifically the players who were uncapped, who would come into the system, who were coming into the system, and who would show show their class and their craft with quality World Cup players around them. So wherever you looked, you saw a player supported inside and outside by a senior player. So if we take Nohamba, for example, he had Dwayne at eight and Alton at ten. And, you know, heading into any test match, Nohamba really showed that having that experience around him, that access is, the, the, the experience around him allowed him to achieve what he needed to, to achieve and to do what he wanted to do. Uh, so I think from that perspective, you know, Nohamba really stood out for me. I was really impressed with Lombard at 15. Um, you know, in a game where there's better quality players, that that chap really uh, stood out. And I think a lot of people forget that guy, that guy was at the start of his career with the Lions. And then last year, he did his ACL. And he's only just come back. Um, so obviously, missed a lot of the Super Rugby season. And I bet he's actually very excited. And I was really impressed with him at 15. He, I think he made very good decisions. And I was impressed with the... the it experienced lock pairing of Hiron Andrews and Schickerling. I think they did very well. And then the other player I thought really stood up and is definitely going to join that bomb squad um, bench is Marco von Staden. Um, I'm just going on what we saw at the World Cup and uh, if we need to build in a little bit of stability. Those are the type of players I, I see coming in into Rassi's squad and adding a little bit to the depth. Richard, you said you wanted to say something? Yeah, no, there's two other players that I also thought um, stood out quite, uh, stood out nicely for me. Firstly, um, he, okay, yeah, he had a few issues with his uh, throwing at the lineouts, but that's something that could work on. But on the ground it's, itself, Dylan Richardson for me actually had a very good game as well. And um, 
and both the wingers, uh, Penke and Yar also, for me, they, they, they actually stood up because I was quite concerned about the, the lack of depth in the, um, on the wing besides Nkosi and Colby and Mapimpi at the moment. I thought be, 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 besides those three, we really um, looked short in the wing department, but I think those two also stood up and actually said, well, we, yeah, we, we, we want to take the opportunities. Yeah. So for me, those are the other three names that could also stand out from the game. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy for Yao Penke being uh, getting now an opportunity to run with the Sharks. Yeah, I, I was very vocal. I said he should be joining the the Bulls, and the Bulls should be getting in there. So I think he could add some great value. But uh, you know, if we look at the if we look at the bigger picture, uh, which is SA Rugby, to support that, it makes a hundred percent sense for him signing for the Sharks. That Mapimpi is currently in Japan. Um, of course, he's injured, and then I think they, um, there's another injury that they've lost. Uh, there's another player that they've lost. So at, in the sorry, um, Tamwe. Yeah, Tamwe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So with 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 those three players injured, you know, it actually it, it means he he's literally going to step into the side and either off the bench or even start uh, on Friday night. Um, he might. Uh, might need to learn the structures and stuff at the Sharks, but I, I think that guy will be chomping at the bit to, to show what he can do. And at 23 years old, I think he's, he's definitely got some serious raw talent there. And I think uh, currently the Sharks setup would probably be the best place for him to be. Angus, is there any other player that you uh, wanted to mention with, uh, that stood out for you? I think the big one, obviously, was Tanir Nohamba, like we spoke about earlier. Um, and you mentioned him with Kevin Bosch. Um, basically, to me, like at the Sharks, he was partnered with, with Bosch. He was an experienced Bosch. was a bit experienced in Super Rugby. And the same thing happened in this match as well. You know, he partnered with Alton. And um, it, was, it was pretty much the, the same sort of thing. So, I think that boy has a, a long future in South African rugby, definitely, Nero Nohamba. Um, Trokki looked good when he came on, um, but he didn't play for that long. So, um, I would love to see a bit more of John Augustus. And um, we spoke of air a while ago, I think, during the week, that um, when it comes to Bok 8th, man, I think the next generation we have to look at is a very similar mode to Uwein. Now, Noche, we are both not convinced. We spoke about that. He's more of a yeah. seven to me. And... Um, if you look for the typical kind of box number eight, it's normally this big embrace of guys that gets over the advantage line. Um, we had guys like Spitz um, and Dwayne in recent times, and now we have a very similar type of play in John Augustus. Unfortunately, injuries hasn't been his friend. So I think if he gets more game time and he looked good, you know, prior to the COVID um, break in Super Rugby, given more game time and more opportunity, you will, you know, show his class eventually. And actually, show why was the junior will play in 2017 um, for the Springboks? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough gig being a loose forward in SA Rugby. We've got so we've got so many good players there, um, and the current three players with Sia, Dwayne, and Peter Steptoe is injured. Uh, it's going to be tough competition, and that number seven jersey is really going to be hot. If you if you think about Onuboot, uh, uh, Jacques Vermeulen playing at Exeter. Uh, Noche, um, yes, now I'm, I'm forgetting one or two players that could really that could step, say again. No, one at a time. Um, Vincent Tuchuka, he's Vincent, another one that Vincent Tuchuka st uh, st stepping up. 
you know, so there's already four players all gunning for Peter Steff to toy, you know, and uh, he's, Peter Steff set a very high standard. So another another player that's off the the um, off the radar, uh, he's been playing in France. I don't know how well he's been doing. Is Reynard Alstad? He was uh, in the the box setup last year. So you know, Rossi does enjoy bringing in a a player from from left field that people aren't necessarily aware about. So we we're definitely healthy there in that seventh sevens department. Um, as with what Angus said just now, with Otterua ending and then having that north-south derby, you know, it really the, the, give credit to the Kiwis. They really nailed that competition and uh, the standard of the players, uh, the standard of rugby that the players brought was very good and we can, every week you could see improvement. So leading into rugby unchained for South Africa, um, I'll start off with myself. Specifically, what I'm looking for moving forward is I want to look at guys who are um, who've definitely upskilled themselves. You know, players who make good passes, make good decisions. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the 50-50 pass, but if you're making 50-50 passes and you're conceding 10, 15 meters from that pass, <coughs> if it's a turnover or you're conceding points, then, you know, then that's actually poor decision-making. Um, I, I want to, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on the penalty count, specifically what the penalties are for, uh, because uh, coming in from the side was heavily blown up in the first few rounds in uh, with uh, Artura and when the English club started. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that this weekend. And specifically, I, I, I want to look at the different brands of rugby that the, the Bulls and the Sharks, Stormers, Cheetahs, I really want to see what's happening there. And I want to see how they, how each franchise has their different style and how they're going to adopt it to what Rossi wants and how, how, they, how each franchise compares moving forward uh, with the standard that was set by the, uh, by the New Zealanders. Richard? Yeah, yeah. I think other things that I also want to look at um, firstly this weekend. Um, one thing I picked up from Superfan Saturday that I, that I hope they can actually follow up on is the incorporation of the blitz box into the the franchises at the moment. Because I feel these uh, certain players from the or um, like we say it, Neil Powell and um, Maurice Schumann has almost built up a an academy of X Factor players down there in Stellenbosch. So. Um, we, we really saw what Vanna Cockens and Hans and Orenson were able to do on Superfan Saturday. Um, I just want to see how these uh, how we can incorporate these guys furthermore into the 15-man structure going forward in the next few weeks and see what difference they can make um, in our teams as well. I mean, their conditioning, Vanna Cock for me looked like he was in the best condition I've ever seen him in uh, over the past weekend when I looked at him as well. So getting those guys incorporated as well, for me, is something I want to really look at and, and focus uh, and see that that gets done properly. Um, on that also point, sorry. Uh, you know, on that point that you, you said, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, there were so many New Zealand seven players who migrated from New Zealand sevens into Super Rugby, into the, into the All Black squad. Now with they, the New Zealand Sevens side not being as hot as they were 10 years ago. They, there's fewer players migrating from Sevens into, yeah. into 
into the 15s game. Uh, and in the last two years, there's very few players that I can think of that are of the same quality that came through. And, uh, you know, it's, it's well documented uh, in articles how New Zealand sevens have gone down. But now on the flip side, South Africa has gone the total different, uh, has adopted that model from the, the All Blacks from a few years ago. And we've now got this crop of quality players that have come out that have got awesome skills, awesome conditioning, awesome decision-making, and they're now feeding into the, into the 15s setup. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, and um, I think where we're going to get that right, it's, I think that's, that's also a, it could be a, an, an old discussion for another day. Where we're getting it right is the fact the academy that we've built that um, Maurice Skuma is running at the moment. So it's almost like this bottomless pit of players that they're creating. I mean, you get a situation, Kwaka Smith, Werner Koch, um, Curly Orange, uh, they, these guys, uh, Miller Duplessis, they leave the, the, the Blitzbox setup. No problem. We'll just pull another guy through from a, our, our academy. academy. Now you've got guys like um, Diewald Heeman, Aiden Davids. I mean, uh, uh, I saw a bit of the under-21s on uh, Sunday afternoon. Aiden Davids, I mean, that's a Blitzbox. Okay, he was playing under-21, but he scored a hat-trick within seven minutes. I mean, this skill level saw that as well. It's, it's, um, it's astonishing. So, I'd like to bring, yeah, I would like to bring and uh, I'd like to bring um, Angus in here because he's got a couple of friends that have uh, operated in that environment. What do, what's your view on this, Ad, uh, Angus? Yeah, Richard is quite right there. And by the way, Richard, it's Angelo, not Aiden, eh? But oh, sorry, um, Angelo Davids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, like Andre said, it's quite quite true actually because I think if you look at New Zealand sevens, they have guys like um, Akira Iwani. Uh, Rika Yuwani, um, now he's indicated clock, and um, um, Ari Sevilla, they all played sevens. And that's, I think the latest guys that went on to play 15s and went to the All Blacks. But now we have these guys just filtering through. And, you know, I've had I've, I've a lot of contact with the sevens guys or some of the guys actually. And the, the training that they do, the conditioning itself, it's unbelievable. Like, they've really done. I think about two months of pure conditioning and skills work before taking any contact. They start with contact this week, as far as I know. So they are honestly ready for it. But, you know, that's the kind of system they use. And basically going forward, you know, when these guys go to 15s, they're already so much in shape, like Richard said with Werner Koch, that it's so good for the, the franchises and eventually for the spring boxes. Their skills are up, you know, their breakdown skills, one-on-one -on -one tackling, there's no need to work with these guys when they come to franchises to actually, you know, go forward in the competitions that they're going to play in. So it's going to work overall if they can just filter through and get the sevens as a feeder system, not making sevens weaker, but a feeder system for 15 franchises and eventually going for the national side as well. Yeah. And we, yeah. we, we've ex excluded to mention two important key names at this moment in time. The one being Chazen Colby. We forget that that was his starting ground. And uh, the other one is Vanna, uh, is Quacha Smith. You know, both players uh, went to the World Cup and uh, in their respective positions did what they were required to do in the games that they were selected. And obviously, Cheslin's obviously got a little bit more limelight because of the World Cup final. But both players, you know, they've they brought... And it, it's not even... It's not just on the field... Um, uh, inputs that, that's important or on, on the field uh, performances that are important. It's off the field, you know, it's in the training room, 
it's in the gym, it's on the field, uh, you know, uh, the 50 meter sprints, the, getting on the bike, pushing the watt bike, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think I must get back because we cut Richard off there to go, to break off on a tangent here on how sevens yeah. is going to improve the the skills and the quality of SA rugby. So we'll get back to Richard and then back to you, Angus. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to I want to see this weekend, and not just this weekend, but actually throughout this whole tournament. Um, I feel uh, as of importance for SA rugby itself. I want to see the Pumas and the Griquas step up their game to, to, a, to a higher level. Um, the reason I'm saying that is if you now think about some of the results over the past couple of years, uh, more for, as an opportunity point of view for these guys. I mean, um, Griquas 44, Western Province 34, uh, Pumas 51, Blue Bulls 15, um, Pumas 34, Sharks 22. I mean, these are results that's been happening in the last couple of years in the Curry Cup. But I think we've we've all just actually skimmed over it because they were playing weakened teams. I mean, never did they were they playing a full a full strength team in any of those situations. So um, I hope really that the for instance the Cheetahs and the Blue Bulls show these guys the respect by playing their full strength teams, and also for the sake of actually um, improving our depth and our and our systems as well. That that these two actually step up during this. Uh, Super Rugby unlocked or unchained, and uh, now the chance that they've been being given this chance, and actually just move up to a higher level. That we don't sit in a situation where we think in a couple of years, hey, maybe the Pumas can look. They're looking good this year. Maybe they can win a game or two against one of the bigger unions. To actually thinking, well, hang on, these guys are contention for Curry Cup semi-finalists in a few years' time. So for me, that's a big point: is that in order to lift our standards and improve our our play our, our pool that we can get those two teams to actually uh, uh, step up to the plate and um, move to a, diff a higher level in this um, in this tournament coming up. Yeah, I, I want to add to that, uh, what's very important there. I think if we really want to get into Europe and the Euro Cup and the Heineken Cup and stuff, we we need a strong domestic tournament that rival, can rival that of European sides. And that means we need at least five to six teams that are of really strong quality. So depending in which competition they're going uh, going in, they're coming up against the Montpellier side that happens to be playing in um, the Champions Cup. You know, they, they need to be able to stand their ground. They don't want to be, they don't want to take 50, uh, 60 points because then, then, then yeah. uh, no, nobody's winning. And yeah, I think we we've got we've got our views on the the cheetah debacle. It's quite sad what's happened there and them in the Pro 14. But I think the what's important from those guys from the from the Millibura down there, they need to really step up their rugby this weekend from the first game. Go and put out a message to to SA Rugby and the other sides. I know there's a, there's a lot of chatter there from them and. And I have to admit, the only people talking and, and having a gripe about it are the Cheetah fans. You know, and I'm talking specifically fans. And when, when you look at the, when you look at every, every other fan I've seen and, uh, and a lot of Bulls fans, they actually show a lot of empathy and sympathy for the Cheetahs because they, they, they know it's not right. Uh, irrelevant what the, the board members think. The fans, the fans acknowledge that what's happened to them is, is unfair. Angus? Yeah, and um, it's it's been a uh, it's been tough for those guys actually because I mean, if it had to be one of our teams, it probably would have been 
quite mad. I almost said the bad word now, but it would have been quite a, a talking point, you know, let's say the Bulls, um, let's say for 2017, for instance, when they wanted to revamp Super Rugby, they said two teams were going to be cut. And people were joking, well, the Bulls were lost. They lost to the Kings this season. They should be cut. Imagine that happened. A side that won three titles, the only side to win Super Rugby in South Africa, being cut because of poor results of one season. And, you know, a couple of years after that, they showed everyone the middle finger of making the semifinals or the quarterfinals for that matter. So it's, it's, it's only unfair on these guys and on the players. And I think all these guys want from Saru is just clarity and just want to know what's going on and what's going to be the way forward. I mean, there's been talks of a Super 8 competition, but is it going to um, actually happen? We don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I think all these guys want is clarity and honesty. And unfortunately, from Saudi's side, they're not getting anything. And I feel that's the way worst part they can do to these guys because no one likes uncertainty. Everyone just likes to know where they're standing with you know the other party as well. Yeah. And your view, what do what are you expecting to see in the the first round of the Super Rugby Unchained? Well, the first round, no injuries, hopefully, um, <laughs> <laughs> and across the competition. But um, I actually was not thinking when you sent the proposal through um, in the during the course of the competition. What I would like to see is um, depth being built across all um, positions. So um, if every hooker from every um, side can push one another, um, every lock, loose forward, fly off, scrum off, there's competition, healthy competition. Um, yeah. They can actually outplay each other week in, week out. You don't know who's going to have the better game come the weekend. I think as a whole, going forward, um, when the Springboks eventually play again, there's going to be such a big selection headache for Jogginaba and um, his assistant. So I think in terms of building depth, we want to see big competition, not amongst the teams only, but also amongst the players themselves. So they can we, we, don't want just, we don't just want Marks and Bongi pushing for the number two jersey. Exactly. I mean, like Herschel, for instance, he made a mark last year. He was the best number nine by the end of 2019, both yeah. one of the junior one of the breakthrough players of, of the year. And then, you know, Humber comes, you know, Sushi Pence, he played behind everything back. But, you know, Humber comes and has a blinder, you know, in a very tough match. And that's what we want to see, you know, week in and week out. So, no, I think that's the one. No, the Springbok tactics to a T from the, from the kickoff. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I also think, just going back on that, I'm um, speaking about him. I think when they played with the junior box, it actually prepped them for that. Because they played a very similar sort of game plan. Um, with the junior box last year. So, obviously, Rassi's hand had been involved with that team as well, yeah. um, to a certain extent. And um, they sort of had a blueprint already of how things are being done when it comes to the test arena. And Ohamba just took it and just continued on and he flourished. Yeah. Um, and another thing uh, what I want to see is just, I'm not saying everyone should do the same thing, but I would like to see certain elements of the block, the Springbok blueprint used in all teams. Um, like we always said that it's a famous transition for New Zealand guys to go from Super Rabbit to Test Rabbit because they play a very similar brand. So we obviously have our blueprint, we all know what it is. So we don't want the Lions to, you know, do their own thing. Nothing wrong with variety, but do their own thing and the Sharks do their own thing and Province and Bulls. So if there's just a very similar sort of spectrum on you know, they can all use certain elements of the Brock blueprint. It's going to make the transition for national selection so much easier as well yeah. for the players themselves. Richard, um, if I have to ask you off the cuff uh, for the first round before we before the first round ends and they have, and it switches into Curry Cup, who are you predicting to to take the Super Rugby uh, Unchained? 
Well, um, as a Stormers fan, I think it really pains me to say this, but at the moment, um, I'm thinking the Bulls. I really think that the, the setup there is it's working. The, the way that Jake has brought in a lot of experience sets um, and molded them around a lot of the um, a lot of the around a lot of the blitz box. And um, another thing, if, if he's going to continue with this experiment of Cornell Hendricks at 12 and it keeps on working, then I really can't see them. I, I, I really can, sorry, I, I can really see them actually topping it at the end of the first round with, with, with all the, the top players involved. Uh, you know, that uh, I, I wasn't keeping close tabs on who was going to start because it's obviously exhibition type game and stuff and just Oaks having a run out. But seeing Cornell at 12 gave me a, reminded me of players like um, Sterling Mortlock starting on the wing, ending his career at 12. Uh, Ma Nanu starting on the wing, ending at 12. Uh, Tano Manga starting outside, moving infield as they got older and more experienced with age. And uh, well, John de Villiers. John de Villiers starting on the wing, finally settling down at 12. Okay, he was a, just a short period at, at 12 uh, uh, on the wing. Franz Stein made his debut at the wing, but was primarily at 12. You know, so you know, I think a lot of people might have been surprised by that, but there's plenty of players that have that have got good skills and understanding of the game that may have started in as a, a junior out there and then moved moved in. It just so happens that Cornell it happened with him at, at a later stage in in, yeah. in in his career. And yourself, Angus, how do you see see it unfolding and uh, taking the title? I think uh, it's going to be a three-horse race between um, the three top dogs, you can say, uh, Stormers, Bulls and Sharks. I'm not just sure about the Lions, though. Um, they obviously have made some recruits during the off-season, but I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to be biased as well. And I'm going to say Stormers. And I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, yeah, yeah. Mainly because, mainly because um, they got Wadi Kalan for one. So for change, they have to back back and kick and get some good distance. That was one element of his game even this past weekend that I enjoyed. Um, and also, uh, I think their wings are not that great, but um, there's some decent guys, obviously. But I think I spoke to, not Dabo himself, but I, I was in a meeting or in a, in a conference, basically, with, with these guys. And they spoke so highly about wanting to have the Super Rugby final at Newlands this year. And I think it was a bit of a long shot. Obviously, all of the Stormers were pretty bad for the last couple of years. But... This is going to be that extra motivation to, by some sort, you know, bring a super happy title or by some means home to Newlands for all time's sake. I think just that motivation amongst the players themselves is going to be quite big. And um, I, I do think that the Stormers have, they have the depth to do it, to be honest. Yeah. There's a few injuries with the toys out. Um, and, you know, Damon isn't fighting like you would want him to fire. But, you know, when everything is falls into place, I think that they can actually challenge the Bulls. I think it's a very close... Second is going to be the Bulls and then the Sharks. But I'm going to stick my head out there and say the Stormers, out of pure bias. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm thinking the Sharks should step up and do what they, they carry, carry on where they left off in Super Rugby. However, they've been hit with injuries, so I think it will be a bit of a slow start. I think the one thing that uh, uh, plays in the Bulls' favour is they've got a, a hell of a lot of home games against tough competition. So they don't have to travel. They'll be sleeping at home. They won't have to be worrying about quarantines to the extent of other teams having to sleep, be uh, living out of a bag for two or three days before the game. 
So, and, and their away games are against also the, the slightly weaker teams. Uh, I think the, the, the most uncomfortable trip is a trip down to, um, to Bloemfontein and Kimberley. Oh, well, yeah. I've seen a few Cheetah fans calling them one of the weaker teams, eh? Hey. Let's be, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, uh, to, be, to be fair, I have said they will be in our top four by the end of the Curry Cup. Uh, I, I just don't, I, I know, I'm, 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 I'm guessing here, but I'm, the, the new Bulls CEO, I think he played a massive role in the clean-out of the, the Bulls team. And with the players being cut, I think he negotiated uh, some good deals with the players to go and fill the holes that had, uh, were, were being experienced with the lines of players uh, that, that have left. And now you're seeing basically three, four Bulls players starting, ex-Bulls players now starting for the Lions. And I know, I've, I've watched those guys for five years. They just don't have, they just don't have the, uh, at the Bulls, they just didn't have the environment to achieve their potential. Maybe it's a different story at the, at the Lions. But uh, you could see already they, they, were str- they struggled against the Stormers and it wasn't, um, and the, the Stormers just weren't even firing and they actually won that game. So, yeah, like I said, I, 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 see, I see definitely, if we want to be traditional, I see Bulls and Stormers really pushing for the top and the Sharks, if they can overcome the, those, these early injuries in their back line um, to, to push for, that, the, uh, for the top three there. Before we wrap up, um, Richard, give us a rundown of your competition, oh, sorry, not your competition, your quiz that you're generating and how you see it going forward. What you, what's your intentions with your, 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 your quiz? We've been doing it uh, on a, a monthly basis on a Thursday night with the, the local crowd. And uh, what do you see and what do you expect from it? Uh, what do you expect to achieve with it uh, starting 2021 moving forward? Well, I mean, yeah, so I mean, we, it started more as something um, fun to do during lockdown. And um, as you said, the quiz is now, it's, it's gone forward. We've got a whole group that's, uh, that's competing once a month for it. Um, so far, I mean, some of the guys, have, they've, they've really bought into the idea. And it's been, and, and we've, guys outside of the group has also asked about uh, joining the quiz or, be, or uh, having it made available. So. I think for now it's just first working on um, on perfecting something that's that's quite nice within our group, and then from uh, yeah from January next year I think we'll be working on a plan to a platform to open it up for anybody to come to to complete it and see why, how they feel about it. And even as we say, we've got our own, own competition within our group running from from now to the Lions end of the Lions tour or beginning of the Lions tour, and. Um, First, put out put it out for a beta test in in January, February, and take it from there. And if the interest is high, we can um, find a way to to make it more um, get get more people involved, and um, have them set up their own competition in the, with their own friendship groups. Yeah. No, I really I see you've changed your, your Twitter handle to incorporate your quiz. I really think uh, from that from that very first PowerPoint present, presentation type quiz that we did to what you've done now to include uh, the app um, that you, we just do a Q, quick QR sco- c- code down. And once everybody understands how to fill the answer in, 
Yes, we, we have a good two-hour quiz there with beers over, over a meeting. It's really good. Uh, yourself, Angus, you, you've been enjoying it? Yeah, I didn't do too badly for debutante, um, but Richard oh, no, no. actually caught me through. Yeah, he actually gave me a bit of a run on a couple of weeks before that, or actually a couple of months. But it's actually quite insightful, you know, um, especially for a young guy like me who hasn't seen all the rugby you guys have in your lifetime. Um, and I've learned a lot. I think that that's a beauty of it. Like things you, you never knew, you kind of, not kind of, you definitely learn in these quizzes. And you can actually broaden your rugby knowledge going forward. So I've been enjoying it totally. And I think it's wonderful what Richard has been doing. And I hope it goes forward for a very long time. Man. Yeah, wait till you get yeah, well, yeah. Breitenbach as, your, as, the, as the answer. Yeah, for, um, for the Marty's captain. <laughs> oh, Benny Boyson. Benny Boyson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we've had, like I say, we, I, think, I think there's been a few good moments coming out there. Um, we all, in our inside joke about the best team in the world being the Tokyo Saints. So, um, I think we'll have these moments coming up. But, yeah, I think uh, if we can uh, grow it from... Great further get uh, if I'm opening it up to more people um, throughout, let's say, um, beginning of Jan. And um, let's see where it takes us. I mean, we've got it set in place until the beginning of the Lions tour. So we've got 10 events leading up for our um, group that's testing it, and we can take it from there and um, get more people involved in the, in the later stages. Yeah, that's awesome. Jens, thank you very much. Thanks for joining me this evening. and. Uh, taking the time to to discuss um, we, we've definitely covered a variety of pro, uh, topics here I know we we want to do, try and focus heavily on the, the this weekend's coming games we didn't even preview one game we just we just chatted rugby in general and I'd like to thank you guys so much really appreciate it um, and we will be coming back and uh, we will definitely try and preview this uh, this weekend's games and see and compare it what we discussed this evening Perfect. Cool, Andre. Thanks for having me. Cheers, again. Agents.